Oh, Bretto. What's up, MP? Damo just called. Yeah. He thinks there's going to be 100,000 people at the Wellness Summit. Oh, again? He thinks we're bigger than Michael Jackson, the Rolling Stones, and the Beatles all put together. Damien Christoph has gone completely mad. Did you know he's made eight tons of forage? What? <laughs> and now he wants you and I to help him get rid of it. Oh, Damo. So, look, being the good friends that we are, we've asked him. You mean forced? Well, we've kind of twisted his arm to make him literally give his forage away to 100 lucky Wellness Summit attendees. So if you're ready to enrol for our signature two days of inspiration, education and empowerment and entertainment. What do you mean, MP? Australian Idol winner Wes Carr makes his Wellness Summit debut this year, Bretto. Wes Carr, you'll be guilty. So if you're ready to be entertained, head on over to thewellnesssummit.com and get four value bags of forage muesli or one bag each of paleo, muesli, bircher and porridge when you register. Now, all you need to do is register for this two-for-one special, bring a buddy, bring a friend, bring a family member or a colleague and then choose your forage selection, four muesli or four assorted and get four bags per attendee. That's eight bags per double pass. That's almost 250 bucks of forage for free when you register for the Wellness Summit on August 25-26 at the Collingwood Town Hall in Melbourne. That's 150 serves of breakfast. Almost six months of breakfast just for registering for the Wellness Summit. Well, it's first in best dressed. These 100 tickets are only available until June 18 or until sold out. All the details of this special offer, all the topics, featured speakers and more are over at thewellnesssummit.com. Thanks for making eight tons of forage, Damo. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging. Well, my name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here on the beautiful Greek island of Ikaria with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Oh, hello, legend. I was waiting for what my intro was going to be. I thought it might have been, I don't know, the King of Armonistes, but we've got King Henry here, so it wouldn't have been that. You are the Ikarian Invincible. Damien Christoph, <laughs> the one and only. Mate, it's so great to be here with you on the island and uh, it's a weird feeling because we're doing this podcast coming to you, I suppose, live from Ikaria in front of our audience. I feel kind of naked. I've crossed my legs, crossed my arms. <laughs> feels very weird. I feel exposed, but it's uh, it's great. It's been an amazing trip, nine days so far, one more day to go. And um, there's a lot of learning, a lot of learning. We just invited uh, the great BJ Rustin into the, into the room. Um, it's been really amazing, like a really incredible trip. And as we said, just yesterday, we've learned a lot more this trip than what we did the first trip. Absolutely. So, round of applause, three, two, and one for the Icarian Invincibles. Give yourselves a round of applause, folks. Hey, hey. All right. So, with the Invincibles here, well, in 2016, it was the Icarian Immortals. This year, you are all the Invincibles. Um, we just thought it would be great to have a, a group chat and also share with the 100 Not Out listeners what you've really enjoyed um, over the 10 days. We're on day nine as we record this. We all go home tomorrow. Um, what you've enjoyed, what you've learnt, um, some aha moments, uh, big, small, or um, medium over the last 10 days. So who would love to kick us off? What stood out for you since arriving here on the island where people forget to die? Who's going to lead us off? Number one. 
Carolyn, round of applause, Carolyn Keane, folks. Woo! Well done, <laughs> yeah, mustard. Um, I've just really appreciated the the food, the easy access to the the food. That it, it's um, it's farm to plate, and we can uh, just cook whatever's in season. There's no particular recipes. It's just put together. It's laid out on the table and you can take whatever it is that, that you like. It's not pre-dished up for you and I just love that way of eating and there's just lots of flavours and just really fresh and organic and fabulous. Really floats my boat. Is, um, is that something you think you'll take back with you? Like how were you – what would you think that you would like to either improve or shift or, or how will you bring that into your life when you get home? For me, um, it, it's too easy to go to the, the supermarket or to the, the fruit and veggie shop and get bananas in winter. So I'm, I do go to farmer's markets, but probably not as much as I could. So that's one thing that I'm going to be doing is getting organic seasonal food and working out how to, um, to cook it so that there's always dishes in the in the fridge so that I can just pull it out and and just make it so much easier that I don't have to think, well, what are we going to eat tonight, you know, what recipes, blah, blah, blah. I can just pull out food, nutritious food and, um, yeah, lay it on the table. I, I don't quite know how that's going to work with just two of us, but we'll figure it out. That's a great point. Just- it is a great point. And I think one of the ways in which you can start with that is to become familiar with what is seasonal in your local area. And I think that, I mean, there's people from different parts of Australia, including the uh, the East Island called New Zealand. Um, th- there's different parts of Australia represented here. And so there's different things that are in season at different times. Uh, and it's very, very easy to buy seasonal produce from another country however i don't think that benefits us as much as the seasonal food in our own space so perhaps look for a book or look for a guide you can find them online as to what's seasonal in your particular area i think it's a really good thing to do um damo what do you what's your view on carolyn's challenge and i think it's a challenge for a lot of listeners is cooking in a way that allows for plenty of leftovers so that you don't feel like you're constantly particularly if you do have a whole foods focus. You know, I know my wife says she just spends half the day in the kitchen. You know, you want to come home, you want to, you want to create this um, uh, culture around food, I suppose, in your life. But what are your suggestions on how to prepare food in a way that, you know, does make it easy to feel like you've got plenty of food in the fridge at any one time? I think the key thing is to make sure that you've got availability of the produce that you want to use. So know what you need to have and whether that's on a daily basis, every second day or every third day or weekly basis, make sure you've got that produce in your fridge. But the one thing that we learn from understanding how food degenerates and breaks down is that the fresher the food is, the better it is for you. So if you've chopped it up, you've already initiated the de- the degeneration process. It breaks down very, very rapidly once it's cut. So a tomato can sit on the bench very well for a couple of weeks but as soon as you cut the skin it's only a day or two before it's absolutely gone so the same is said for the fruit and vegetables that you cut up and put in the fridge it breaks down very very quickly and so the life force of that food decreases significantly so it's great to have a few things cooked and to be able to utilize those cooked things but it's better to have freshly cut produce each meal and we learned that here so we had freshly cut produce at every single meal and unfortunately there is a little bit of wastage with the stuff that doesn't get you know used so hopefully i mean that gets fed to the chickens gets fed to the pigs um but you know in our own home perhaps we'd only chop up what's necessary and then be aware of what we know we need to cut up for those meals in that day that we're about to to have so try not to 
cook up and prepare food in advance for days ahead. Maybe the day before could be quite good. And we learned a lot of those lessons from the raw movement, which one of our attendees, Punch, um, taught us a fair bit about. So uh, it's quite cool. Cool. All right. Who else would like to share um, an insight from their trip so far? Maria. Over to you, Maria. Um, Everything we've done on this trip has been with nature, whether it's um, eating, walking, swimming, drinking, dancing, using the olive oil. um, Everything is connected with nature. And that's something we don't do at home, you know. We go to the supermarket, we come home, we cook it. We, we, and the other thing is everyone lives outside here. They don't live inside. So their houses are reflected in that way. Like the essential oil workshop we went to this morning, they have the one or two rooms and they don't. Uh, it's because they have an outdoors lifestyle. I know you guys are very, for want of a better term, aware of all of this already, but specifically to you, what do you think from what you've learned on the island you will shift around that um, that focus on nature when you go home? Um, Yeah, um, I think it's the seasonal food that we've got to address um, because that's what we've been eating here. But I know Henry has a bit of a garden, but we we don't eat fresh local. We only eat from the supermarket and I think we've got to address where we get our food from and spend more time outside with people. If we're going to have a drink, invite the neighbours or... Community, that, that kind of, that's a, that's a good point. Who's had a few insights or awakenings around the community or social life? Chantal. Uh, yeah, it certainly has been a big eye-opener because all the people on the island, every time we go somewhere with our bus driver or with other um, guides, they're always, they know everybody on the island. So... Everybody's quite happy and friendly with each other, even for us not being from the island. It's always been a nice sense of community. And I think too, for us, for the last nine days, having breakfast, lunch and dinner together has been a great sense of community because we often, you know, some people might not be eating at the dinner table or they're eating on the run and you just forget that sense of community with the people around you. So that's certainly something I'll be taking away um, from this trip as well. And so just specifically, how do you feel like you want to incorporate that when you go back home? I want to make sure that I will be, um, you know, sharing meals with family and friends and inviting them over and and setting things up like we've had here. So cooking foods, having them all on the table and so everyone can select them, but also, you know, perhaps sharing some nice wine and um, and just chatting with everybody so that way it's not just about eating the food and then just doing your own thing. It's actually sharing your stories for the day or, you know, what you've learnt that week might be something um, good to share. Just a bit of perspective. There'll be some people thinking, yeah, but I'm only one person and I've got no one at home who I can invite over to my house for meals. I've got no family around me. I've got no mates, you know, Scotty. No mates, that sort of thing. Um, but it has to start with one person. And so you can easily create a meal and invite one person to your house to share that meal and then let that build over time so that maybe you've got eight 
seats that fit around your table have a goal to get eight people around that table over a period of time and it might be that you get your mate who you invited to bring along a friend that they also think could do with joining in with some company and so you bring a whole lot of people into it and one of the fascinating things is that you know as soon as you start talking to somebody they will want to talk back to you and so you'll start to have a conversation with people and they'll have a conversation back with you um, we've seen that done over and over and over to, you know many times this week with Barry he'll talk to any Anybody, even if they've got their, even if they've got their back to him, he'll still talk to them, and, uh, and and they still are very very happy to have a conversation with them. So it's easy to invite people over for dinner. It's a really beautiful gift to give them a meal. Mm. Let's invite Barry into this conversation. Um, Barry, share with us your experiences this week. Thank you, guys. Look, um, we've been fortunate, of course, because every day has been absolute blue sky. The uh, the, uh, the AGNC is just a reflection of what everything you imagined it be. The wine is possibly in question at times, but um, <laughs> leaving leaving that aside. But but the biggest thing and and the thing that I will incorporate myself probably is that I will move a lot more. I mean, we've walked, we've hiked, we've we've um, swam, we've danced, we've done a lot of things that's involved a lot of movement. And a lot of times, back in your own country, you tend to be, you know, you drive, as I said before, you drive to the letterbox to get the paper and drive back to the house, you know, and thing, things like that. So that's one thing that will change indeed. Now, of course, well, second thing is we have been fortunate in the fact that we're at the start of summer. We're not at the start of winter <laughs> over here. And they say that the winters here are bleak. And so the way they run their households do it reflects that. They Just like a lot of um, animals, they'll, they'll store for the bad times and, and, uh, and, and spend on the good times, you know. And so consequently, we'll need to think a lot more about that ourselves. Even though we don't have those severe ranges of climate, we just need to be a lot more conscious about, as you mentioned before, Carolyn, Eating in seasonal times. All good? All good. Good work, Baz. Um, who else would like to share their experiences? Faye and then Jenny. Hold on, under here. No, no, up, up. Oh, up, 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 up and over. Over to Faye. Good afternoon, everybody. My experience of being on this island is the, is the, um, the tranquility of it. I've never been on an island before and I thought it was going to be really small. That's what I env- envisaged. But it's huge, but it's still tranquil. There's lots to do. And um, being in a group situation for me has been fantastic. Meeting new people, sharing everything that everyone's been talking about. And I will take this back home with me. And hopefully I will make myself do something like this again every year. It's just been uh, really good. Why why is that? What about the experiences made you feel like this is something you want to do on a regular basis? Being able being able to travel on my own and to come to an island where I feel safe. I can walk up the street at night, midnight, and I know that I'm I'm not going to be or I'm not fearful of anything happening. I can walk home, I can stagger or fall over if I wish. <laughs> No, well, yeah, there's been a, there's been a few tumbles. Faye having had one of them since we've been here. We're going to go over to Jenny in just a moment, but I thought that um, that conversation, Damo, around being able to safely walk down the street at night may just be a nice segue just to talk about what we've learned about crime mm. on the island. Mm. Um, do you want to share just the number of policemen that uh, monitor this island? 
Yeah, well, we learned yesterday, we went on a walk with Dimitri, and when we got to a, a, a breathing break area where we were, we hiked probably, I don't know, two kilometers probably, we'd re- risen about 180, maybe 200 meters above sea level, and we're all starting to puff a little bit. We started chatting, and he said that uh, there used to be a larger percentage of police on the island. And in the capital of Ikaria, there's currently at the moment seven police officers. Um, and then somewhere in the middle of Ikaria, I think it might have been Christos. Was it Christos? Somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Um, there was one policeman, and there used to be another policeman here in Ikaria. But he did something wrong, and the local people dealt with him. And uh, and so then the government decided and the police department decided that Ikaria or NAS was no longer going to have police presence and as soon as the police presence left NAS uh, the crime rate dropped to zero because people realized that it would be the the local people that would be the judge jury and executioner instead of the police system um, which you know potentially could be you know manipulated a little bit to you know correspond to the law but they felt that if they had to deal with um, their reputation or they had to deal with the, the community that would be far more um detrimental to their well-being and detrimental to their life and lifespan um, so that crime just dropped away. So that was quite cool. So it's nice, a self-regulating environment. I think we'd all love the idea of a community that supports itself and supports everyone else um, with zero crime. All right, the wonderful Jenny. What can you share with us, Jen? I think the um, biggest thing for me was a bit like what Chantel was saying, the sense of community and the social aspect and the family feeling. Um, And I think is it about 9,000 population on the island, but everyone knows everyone. You can go for a drive and be 20 kilometres away from NAS, yet they're still waving out the window and chatting to everyone, and they're all there to help each other. You know, with just about every household has their own veggie garden, grows their own grapes, has their own olives, but if somebody um, didn't have enough food for a meal, the next-door neighbour would would provide them with the food um, or if they're sick they help them out or if they don't have any income they help them out I don't think they ever feel like they're going to go hungry um, and I just love that they've all got their own vegetables their own fruit everything in the garden and um, as Maria was saying and and Carolyn it comes from the garden straight into the kitchen and whatever's in the garden is what you have for dinner that night and I just really love that and the sense of community Absolutely. Now, the communities are, are, I think, are the major key takeaway, um, I think, for all of us, just how important it is. Um, all right. What about something about work? How is, how is, yep, okay, Sarah Hill, how's your work going to change when you get home? Well, it's just been nice being off the grid for the past nine days. I was a little, at first, when I found out there was no Wi-Fi where we were staying, I was a little bit, oh, oh, how am I going to deal with this? Um, it's such a huge part of my life anyway, working overseas and relying on good internet everywhere I go. It's kind of the first thing I have to look for. Um, but being here and only having connection at the place where we were eating and so, you know, everyone sort of comes here first thing in the morning. We've all got our devices and we're all just sort of checking our messages. But generally, for the most part of the day, you know, 95% of our day, we're completely present. Yeah. We're just with each other and socialising with each other and we're not like staring at this thing in our hand, which has been really nice. And I needed a holiday and so just to be forced to, you can't work because there's no Wi-Fi is Fabulous. Yeah, love that. So, do you think? I mean, and I'm not asking it uh, for it to to change anything, but do you think it will have an impact 
when you go back to work? Like, will it change the way you work in any way or do you think it's more that it's an isolated, like you said, it's a holiday or do you think it will have a, an impact in some way? I'm pretty good at, because I'm sitting on a computer and I'm working with my screen all day, I am actually pretty good at when I go home just sort of cutting off um, and spending time with people and reading my book or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely nice to have that just week and a half of nothing. It's been really refreshing. Absolutely. Good call. Um, would anyone else like to make any comment about how they think what they've learned over here about work um, in general or, or working hours or what shifts they think they might make in their professional life or their work life when they return home? Anyone? No? I think... I think for me, it's uh, like I'll just I'll just put my own hand up then. Um, I think it's just the reminder um, about time, and you and I probably shared this a bit on the previous podcast. Uh, but I, I really um, I've realised here that I am connected sometimes too much to clock time, um, and also that you know certain parts of the day can dictate how the way I feel about certain things. Particularly, are you on time? Are you late? Um, am I early? Sometimes I feel back home, I would scrounge out as much of the time that I have uh, before I had an appointment. So, if I had a five o'clock appointment, I'd often get there at five o'clock on the dot. You know what I mean? Um, and, and maybe even a little bit late. But I've real, I feel like I've been banged over the head maybe once a day since we've been on the island that it's actually okay. Like, I don't want to say it's okay to be late, but it's actually okay to not worry. Worry is not really the right word, but it's okay to not be so conscious of the time. And I know, I know, in our lives, when we're back in Australia and New Zealand, and and where we are in, in our other countries, that you know, a lot of people are waiting for us based on what time it is, whether it's appointments and or school times and and the rest of it. Um, and they still have that on a career, but they just don't care so much if they're early on time or late. Um, and it's not something to get angry angry at that's probably the thing that you know i realize happens a lot there's a lot of anger around time you know it's it's a it's massive um all right would anyone like to share any other highlights before we wrap up this episode of 100 not out anything else that people would like to share henry's clicking over damo karen anyone anyone no damo you got any final words of wisdom no. All right, we might carry on here on the final day, the final full day of our time here on the Greek island of Ikaria. We would love your feedback, folks. You can go to thewellnesscouch.com to check out all the uh, episodes of 100 Not Out and over 2,000 episodes on the Wellness Couch. Um, go on over to Facebook. Uh, go over to uh, facebook.com forward slash 100 Not Out. Make sure you spell it all out. To find out more about Damo, head on over to damienchristoph.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. Thanks to our editor, Joseph Tomo, Rosie Gardner, who does our social media. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. The great Damien Christoph. Here we are in Ikaria at the conclusion of the 2018 Longevity Experience. How about this, Piercy? It's been a beautiful week, 10 days. Um, incredible weather, incredible location, incredible group. And uh, seriously, I couldn't have couldn't have asked for a better way there to finish off an incredible 10 days than what we've just experienced in the last couple of days. The walk, we're off to Therma this morning. The the beach is beautiful, had a little swim this morning. It's just been absolutely incredible. I think um, the, the highlight for me 
last night up at Yanni Nyoana's house, uh, farewelling them, thanking them for being in the village of Nath, where they've lived for the majority of their life. We've had yeah. three generations, Yanni Nyoana, Thaya and Ilya, who is the nephew of uh, Yanni Nyoana, and then, and then uh, Leftetis and Yanni looking after us in there. It's just the, the family feel, the social connection of this island, of this village that we're in is incredible, isn't it? Well, it's interesting you say that because many of the attendees felt that uh, that was the most uh, pivotal thing that they that they recognised as one of the most significant differences um, or one of the most significant uh, contributors to longevity that they recognised here on the island um, this time around. So they felt that um, community connectivity um, was was the the most important thing that they recognised amongst all of the many different things that we observed. Mm. And and I found that to be quite interesting because our last group didn't think that was the case. And Thaya thought that was quite interesting, didn't she? When yeah. the whole group shared yeah. that, that social connection. Uh, that could mean that maybe we've even gone a bit more downhill in our Western world quickly in the last couple of years in terms of social isolation. But at the same time, a number of the activities we did here really drove that home. The Panaghetti mm. was an incredible experience of that social uh, connection, bringing the best out in people. Some of our attendees were the very first ones to dance at the Panaghetti. And we saw Suli there with Wendy. On the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about that is that many people who came on this particular trip, this particular trip, so the 2018 trip, um, felt that they wanted to increase their self-esteem. They wanted to improve their feeling of independence, but at the same time, feel like they could create inclusiveness and community in their life. And, uh, and so they came here looking for that. And I wonder whether or not when you come to a place like Ikaria, the island where people forget to die, I wonder whether or not you come here and you find the things that you're looking for. Because in both in both trips that we've done, so in Ikaria 2016, Ikaria 2018, people have come with a, an idea of what they need to get. And mm. lo and behold, guess what happens? They leave having found it. Yeah. yeah. There is something magical on the island, isn't there? And that's come up a number of times. That it's difficult to put your finger on exactly what it is, but there is something very special here. We've been to the Panaghetti, which was an absolute hit, but some of the activities that we've done here really did um, blow my mind for their for how profound they were. We went to the beautiful Amanistis Beach on a rest day, mind you. But some of the insights, I mean, one of our uh, couple attendees said that um, that was the first time they've ever spent a day at the beach, you know, reading a book, swimming in the ocean, giving themselves permission to do nothing, like the art of doing nothing, which the Icarians do so well, was something that was really quite a big breakthrough for a number of people here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because there was a couple of instances throughout the week uh, that were kind of unplanned. Um, and on one of my trips with Thea, uh, we were driving in the car by ourselves and, uh, and she said to me, there's a big difference between having time off or downtime and being lazy. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, yeah, that's a very good point, you know. And so that's some people, point. you know, they, they're not used to having time off. And if they have time off, then they're thinking of all the things that they could be doing, you know, could or should be doing. They're shooting all over themselves. <laughs> and of course, we don't like that. We don't like that at all. No. But uh, there's a really nice distinction that when you're lying on a beach under a beach umbrella with a pina colada or a frappuccino, is that what you have? Frappuccino. Frappuccino. An ice chocolate mixed with an ice coffee. Oh. <laughs> Disgusting. Anyway, uh, if you're doing that uh, on a beach in uh, in Greece on a Greek island, that's kind of 
not spoiled. Mm. Um, there's something special about that because that you, you're constantly reminded of how good it is to take it easy. Now, you mentioned a couple of food items there. The ceremony around food and the food that we've eaten here has been very well received, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And every day we ate um, slow food, so seasonal, local, organic and whole food. Um, unintentional. It's not like we go and seek that food. It's just that that's the food that you purchased or that's the food that we ate. So whatever's served up is just seasonal, local, organic and whole food. And they don't use sprays. It's not processed stuff. It's only what's in season. It's only what's really on the island. And I suppose anything that's on the island is local. Um, even if you can get up to a thousand metres high. You know, uh, was it yesterday or the day before we did a, a massive walk at Knackered the whole group. And we climbed about 340 metres from sea level. Um, and that felt like we'd gone on for a Felt like 5Ks high. <laughs> yeah. We'd gone 5Ks from, you know, from the beach, but, you know, at nearly 400 metres high. And, uh, and, and the different types of landscapes that provided different types of foods was quite remarkable. You know, everything from really low, you know, growing fruits and vegetables to, you know, big trees, you know, big nut trees, walnut trees, almond trees, um, olive, what are they called? Olive trees. Olive trees, <laughs> olive trees and grapevines. You know, all these sorts of different things, but all tended to by the people on the land here in Ikaria. Mm, well, we've enjoyed the feta, we've enjoyed the bread, we've enjoyed the salads, we've picked far, we've picked uh, produce at Ilya's farm, we've picked cucumbers and zucchinis and tomatoes and strawberries and eggplants and then come home and uh, cooked them and prepared them and enjoyed. People love the simplicity, but the power of picking your own food and then an hour or two later, it's in your mouth. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. There's something to be said, not only for the freshness, but the taste of the produce. Mm. Um, it's so full of life and, um, and and robust flavors. You know, you really taste a cucumber, you really taste a beautiful, sweet, green um, capsicum. You know, it's not like those sort of bitter things that we have that kind of, you know, I love green capsicum, by the way, but it's, it, this was something totally different. The tomatoes were something else, you know, just something to die for. And then each of the fresh herbs that we use, whether it be oregano or basil or whatever it was, um, samphire or um, purslane, you know, yes. to have that in your salads was just amazing and just so full of flavour and so crispy and crunchy. It's something to be said for picking the, the, the produce you're about to eat and then chopping it up and eating it immediately. Yeah. What about the movement? And we've spoken about the food and the socialising, but we have moved a lot on this island. You've already mentioned the hikes, but... Geez, we've done some incredible things. Going out to Angel's Pool and lying on that rock just was an incredible experience. And I think people really loved, there was a real, uh, you mentioned self-esteem at the beginning, but people loved the confidence they got from being able to go, I can do this. Yeah, there was one lady who climbed up a rock or, you know, kind of scrambled up the rock, which is what we did. We didn't do rock climbing, but we scrambled up this rock and she got to the top and she took a photo and she said, I've got to take a photo of this because no one will believe I did it. Wow. And uh, and it was quite a, you know, a poignant moment and people were just going, wow, far out. No one believed that you'd do that. She goes, no. Anyway, she was a little champion and she, you know, did all these long walks with us and it wasn't that we did um, exercise that was programmed. Like, it wasn't just um, isometric contraction or, you know, eccentric yoga at nine o'clock yoga and, and yeah. meditation yeah. and mindfulness and all that sort of stuff. It kind of just comes with the territory and all of our movement um, through the day was incidental because we're walking up and down, you know, ravines and vines and um, terraces to try to get to where we need to be. Mm. It's quite an experience. It's not something that you can just like kind of go, oh, well, this is what Ikaria is all about. This is 
you know, all you've got to look forward to. We learned so much this year because there was so much that was different this year compared to what there was two years ago. Yeah, and that's probably the big thing. We probably had so much learnings personally ourselves to really say, you know what, for the next 10 or 20 years, we'll be coming back here because on a selfish level, we love to learn, but we also recognize that every year is different yeah. here in Ikaria. Yeah, every year. And, uh, and not only does the landscape kind of change and the people, oh, the, well, the people don't change, they stay the same, but, you know, to be able to come back and continue to learn, um, and it feels like we could learn for the next 20 years, we could probably be learning for the next 70 years if we wanted to be. Uh, there's just so much in this place to actually, you know, harness and um, pack up and bring back to where we live. So another 10 days of, I almost call it, there's, there's rest and relaxation, there's inspiration, but as you coined it last time we were here, this is an experience, and there is nothing more exciting than to announce that in 2019 we return to this beautiful Greek island of Ikeria, the island where people forget to die. It's in September of 2019. We are coming back for the wine harvest, the local panagetti here in Nas, which I am so excited for. Some brand new activities, yeah. a whole brand new experience here in Ikaria. What I'm excited about is the wine stomping. You know, we'll get the, or the grape stomping. So we'll get the grapes, uh, we'll be stomping into a massive big, you know, cavern being built out of granite um, on our favourite winery. What's that winery called? Apianis, where uh, Homer wrote parts of the uh, Odyssey yes. whilst sipping on the wine <laughs> in Apianis. <laughs> well, we'll be doing that. We'll be helping make the wine. We'll be assisting with the, with the, uh, the olives and picking those and getting all those ready. There's so many great experiences that people may never have done and may never get a chance to do in Australia or New Zealand or the US or wherever you're watching this video from. Um, but here in Ikaria, we'll be doing with our bare hands and bare feet. And we do all of this with the locals. This is a live-in experience. This year we've been scattered around the village of Nars. We've had 10 different houses that we've been living in all around the village. It's not a touristy, um, you know, big hotel type experience. There is nothing better than an authentic time away. And we are living with families. We're living in a village here with 50 or 60 people, all of them who are related. So if you're looking for an, an experience that brings you closer to humanity, brings a connection to the group that a holiday can't give this really is an experience isn't it yeah it really is it's something different it's not uh, it's not just jumping on a cruise it's not doing a Kentucky tour it's um it's got all the elements of, uh, of, I suppose, a tour that's organised in a group sense because mm. you've got that group chat. But the group is stitched together by a common thread and that is this exploration of what are the things that we could bring back into our lifestyle from Ikaria. It's not an observation of people who are living a long time. It's not we're not peering from the outside in. We're not, you know, looking through a fishbowl trying to understand why does a fish keep bumping its head at the end of each thing, you know, the end of, you know, the walls. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to find what it is that we can take back to Australia uh, or New Zealand or America or Europe, wherever you're from. What can we take back from Ikaria that's going to change our lives? And uh, and we've learned a lot. And I know that the people that have come with us this time around in 2018 have learned a lot. The people in 2016 learned bucket loads. And uh, the people in 2019 will learn probably even more. Yeah. September 5 to 14 in 2019 here on the island where people forget to die. 
called Ikaria. We can't wait to have you along. All the details at the website 100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. Check out all of the dates, the times, the activities, the fees. All that you can see is here at 100notout.com. We look forward to seeing you here in Ikaria in 2019, September 5 to 14. Until next time, may the rest of your life be the best of your life. Yamas. Yamas. man. <laughs> to your great health, see you here in Ikaria. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. I realised in this time that I couldn't keep waiting for love from other people. I couldn't keep expecting love from other sources. But I had to give that to myself. Yanni says, I don't care if everyone says that the kitchen is the woman's world. He says, I'm going to prepare food. I love my own cheese. I love my own wine. I don't care what you think of my new flat screen TV. He just loves company. I started asking myself more often, what do I want? Such a simple question, isn't it? But when you think that, and I'm sure all of you sitting there, when you think that, something springs into your mind. And there's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself. Brett Hill and Marcus Pierce feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.